right, Nico, can you say welcome to another episode of Healthy Births, Happy Babies? It's a happy episode. Um, happy babies. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Births, Happy Babies. I'm Dr. Jay Warren. I am your host as well as being a prenatal and pediatric chiropractor here in San Diego, California at the CAP Wellness Center. And on today's episode, I'm going to have a conversation with Dr. Tate Gentili. He is a chiropractor now out in the big island of Hawaii, he used to practice out in Colorado. And in starting his practice on the big island there recently, he's seen a big difference between those two areas. And this episode isn't necessarily going to be about practice management. It's not going to even be about Colorado versus Hawaii. It's going to be about the difference between access to care. It's going to be a conversation about um, birth education, because as a prenatal and pediatric-focused chiropractor, that's who he's working with. And it was very different, the people that he was helping in their pregnancy and starting their families and in their birth in Colorado versus what he's seeing in a more rural setting, if you will, in the Big Island of Hawaii. So, it's a call for getting yourself educated, knowing your choices, and he's going to bring that perspective of going from a city where there's a lot more access and a lot more ease of getting to education about birth and about um, parenthood, and then going to a more rural setting where there's just not um, as much available to you, and you have to be much more proactive. So... I'll have you listen to this short message. I'll introduce him to you, and then we'll switch over to our conversation in just a second. My online course, Connecting with Baby During Pregnancy, has been out for a while now, and I've been getting phenomenal feedback from you women who have been learning these prenatal bonding techniques, putting them to use, and having amazing results. The same kind of results that the women in the Rafi study were getting, where by doing these techniques throughout pregnancy, they were having less anxiety and pain during labor. They're needing less obstetrical interventions, including less C-sections. And then afterwards, the babies are sleeping better, which means you're sleeping better. And postpartum depression was less than 1% in the moms who did these techniques. So go over to my website at drjwarren.com CWB and learn all about it. I think this course is amazing. I put a lot of effort into it, and I think it'll really help you have a healthier, happier, and more relaxed pregnancy and a gentler yet powerful birth. All right, my guest today is Dr. Tate Gentili. He's an upper cervical focused pediatric and family chiropractor serving the Big Island of Hawaii. His undergrad in exercise and sports science was completed at Oregon State University, and then he graduated from Parker College of Chiropractic in 2007. He practiced in Fort Collins, Colorado for eight years. Then he joined the faculty at Sherman College of Chiropractic as an associate professor of clinical sciences from 2015 through 2019. Dr. Tate earned his certification through the Academy Council of Chiropractic Pediatrics in 2018, and now he practices on the Big Island of Hawaii with his wife. In his free time, you can find him enjoying the outdoors, camping, fishing, working in the garden, and coaching CrossFit. 
So with no further ado, let me switch over to my conversation with Dr. Tate. All right, Dr. Tate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Well, it's uh, we're across the water from each other. I'm here in San Diego. You're in beautiful Hawaii. You're in Kona. And you just started your uh, new practice out there. You've been elsewhere. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today, like differences you've seen in the birth communities there. But before we jump into that, like tell people like how you got interested in what you're doing, one with kids and pregnancy and the ICPA, and then how you came to being beautiful Kona. Yeah, um, all good questions, and uh, I guess early on in practice for me, um, I I first started practicing chiropractic in Colorado, and early on in practice, I just found that I really resonated with kids, and um, I think what what it was was just that playful energy and environment and just seeing the light in the kids eyes that that would come in and then also seeing like kids that were challenged as well and knowing that they had a much better um, life potential and so that's kind of how I got started and started diving into the ICPA and taking uh, classes I've completed my certification pediatric uh, certification with them um, a few years ago, and it's been an awesome experience. So yeah, I practiced in Colorado for eight years. Uh, my wife then decided she wanted to become a chiropractor. So we sold the practice, moved to Spartanburg, South Carolina, where she went to chiropractic school. I took the opportunity to teach there along with uh, a few other great ICPA instructors. And um, after she was done with her time um, at Sherman in Spartanburg, we moved to, uh, we're in a small town north of Kona called Waimea. It's about, it's about 12,000 people here. And we're looking to create a hub of healthy families, babies, and pregnant moms here. Very nice. Well, and it sounds, it sounds like that area needs it from what we were talking about um, before and reason why I wanted to talk about this topic is it, it's a very different from your practice in Colorado. You're in Fort Collins, right? And right, right. going from there to Kona, I mean, one mountains to beach is one thing, but as far as like, I don't want to say the consciousness, but like the availability of healthcare is something you've seen is, is different and just even the, the whole paradigm of it. Can you describe what you've found different? Yeah, so in Colorado, you know, Fort Collins especially is a very progressive uh, city. Uh, lots of access to really great healthcare, alternative healthcare, pretty much whatever kind of end of the spectrum you feel comfortable um, moving into your birth and delivery process is, is there for you. Um, and uh, so I had a great experience learning about lots of different avenues of birth um, in in Colorado and shifting here to uh, Hawaii it's a bit more rural of a setting uh, like I said we're about 12,000 in population here the two big cities near us are Kona and Hilo which are both about 
uh, an hour away. And, you know, we have people, pregnant women driving from, you know, an hour and a half, two hours away just to come to our office because we're the only, uh, my wife and I, only certified Webster certified doctors on the island here. Wow. I mean, and that's something that, I mean, for other areas, it's like, say for me in San Diego, like there's a lot of access <laughs> and right. it's a matter of choosing which one rather than having to drive like hours to um, get that kind of care. Um, you, what have you found as far as like difference too about like pregnant women in like the options that they have, like with birth providers? Um, is it is it mainly because it is more rural? Is it more like home birth oriented versus hospital or, or is that not the case? So there's definitely um, on Island here, I've uh, met a few midwives um, and a lot of them are actually not practicing anymore. So mm. there's seems to be that there's a need uh, for the midwives and, and the home birth world um but also the you know there's there's not like birthing centers um throughout the island uh in our town happens to be the most um i guess uh, desired place to have a baby uh, here in waimea because the hospital has probably the best um resources for all of the island and this is although we're an island chain you know, it takes about four hours to drive to the other side of the island. So people, if they have access and the means, they will come here. Um, but that means, you know, coming to your doctor checkups from three, four hours away. Wow. And so what we found, yeah, is that um, there's a, lot, a, a lack of, of doctors here. And then also on top of that, uh, just creates um, a need for more holistic, um, alternative minded doctors as well. Right. Well, and especially in the, uh, like in the birth community, like that's a time where you're hopefully doing a lot of access, like being checked regularly to make sure everything's healthy during the pregnancy. Is it something that, that you and you've only been there like starting to practice a couple of months, but like, is it something that that's part of life there is you drive long periods of time to see all these appointments or are there not as many appointments because it's just too far? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, I think part of life here is like, it's almost going back in time a little bit uh, mm. to where, you know, you just do what your doctor tells you to do. You know, you show up for your, um, OB appointment and they say, yep, looking good, come back next week. And you don't really know what you're getting out of this. And unfortunately, I think a lot of women kind of fall into a system where they're not being empowered with, uh, knowledge and, um, resources to give them and their families the best decision possible around, you know, the birth of their child. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think, you know, we are just really trying in, in our office to create this hub of, um, and a resource for, you know, good information so that these families can make better decisions with better information.
Right. And you had described, um, I would love for you to recount the story, like the birth class that you and your wife went to and like, and that experience, can you retell that? Yeah. Um, so my wife and I, um, are trying to explore the area for, you know, just to see all the birth birthing resources. And there was a birthing class in, uh, being offered on the weekend. And so we signed up for it. It was a four hour class and we showed up and there was a few nursing students there. And also, uh, there was a couple that was pregnant and, you know, I, I guess just walking into the space, I uh, didn't really have any expectation and was trying to maintain an open mindset. And what I found was, you know, probably just a little bit different than my personal philosophy around, um, you know, what bringing life into the world uh, looks like for, for me and my family. Um, and it, it was a little bit scary. I mean, there was definitely fear involved. It was all of the things that could potentially go wrong in a birth, um, all of the various diagnosis that, um, you know, could come up, you know, red flags of what to look for. And it was definitely not like the most empowering um, thing, especially if, you know, if me and my wife were, uh, did happen to be pregnant at the time, um, it wouldn't have been, you know, walking out those doors, the most exciting time of our life. Right. Just more fear-based than anything else. Was it mainly to kind of let you know about those red flags so that you go to your doctor and make sure that they're taken care of? Was it anything in a prevention sense about like how to be healthy during the pregnancy or? Um, you know, that's, I think, I think what I took from it was that there is people and, you know, the nurse that was teaching this class, she's wonderful. Like she's a, she's, Certainly, she's a great nurse and doing exactly what she's supposed to do and wanting to help as many women have best birth in a, you know, that they, that they can. Um, and what I, what I found or learned, I believe, is that like, people come into the hospital and they've never heard of um, various things. And so what this nurse was trying to teach the community is when you're pregnant and you come into the hospital this is kind of the process and this is what's going to happen and this is you know you can become more aware and get over some of your fears by learning how this process kind of works mm. and things that you can kind of expect got it and um so it was definitely an interesting take on the educational process right you know. So it's much more like a class on how to be a patient rather than like, these are your options during birth. And like, you exactly. may want to decide to do this, do that. Right. Um, and it, am I right? Like you had said before too about VBAC, the, the VBAC isn't done in on that island. Yeah, this whole island. Um, and I learned, I learned that in the class. So that was definitely a benefit of going to that class that yeah, VBACs are not, um, performed on this entire island and the reason is 
uh, I believe is because they need to have an anesthesiologist present for a VBAC. And being that there is a shortage of doctors, um, there isn't always a, an anesthesiologist present in the hospital. Hmm. And that's the reason. And so a lot of these um, women who are requesting a VBAC get sent to Oahu for that, um, which is, you know, probably not the most ideal uh, if you don't have the means to put yourself up in a hotel and, you know, during that time when you're wanting to have a baby, you know, in the comfort of your own home. Wow. So that is, so is that something that, so I would imagine like many women wouldn't even know what a VBAC is because they just assume, okay, I had one before and then I just keep doing them even not even really understanding that doing a vaginal birth after cesarean is something that one can be done or could be done if they were in a different area. Yeah. It just, it just, um, kind of turns into like not an option, yeah. you know, here. Right. So what would you say, like, so having that, um, difference of, okay, these are the, the, the availability, the education, not education, like in a schooling sense, but knowing about birth and options and like in Colorado versus here, that here, meaning what you being in Kona, that that is kind of inspiring you and your wife of like, these are, this is what these women need to know. I mean, obviously like educating them about VBAC isn't necessarily the best way of going because it's not even an option for them. But what other kinds of things are you seeing that are so maybe commonplace or was expected in in Colorado that's, it becomes your job now in a more rural setting? Yeah. Um, I think just the, the concept of, you know, when a, you know, when someone gets, when a woman gets pregnant, um, just them having the ability to see what's best or the overall outcomes or, you know, trying to avoid intervention. Um, one of the things, you know, uh, with the Webster technique is, you know, just creating balance in the pelvis and sacrum, allowing the nervous system to be able to communicate with the, the body, the, the muscles of the pelvic floor, the baby, and just creating really great neurobiomechanics within the pregnant woman's system can really decrease the overall need for inter- intervention and just put this, the, the ladies, the woman's uh, system at ease. Um, so, you know, being... Webster certified, my wife and I here, um, we're just trying to get that word out. And I think that's like a great place to start. Uh, Another thing that we're doing is we're um, creating a a group of women um, to be able to come to our office and just like share their stories. So it's almost like a kind of a grassroots movement for Mm. mothers, Pregnant mothers, nursing moms, mothers that want to have, or, you know, women that want to have babies um, to come and share their stories about, about their birth experience and just empower each other. And uh, that's, that's really, you know, the direction that I see our office going and, and started to change the 
kind of mindset around birth here a little bit. Right. I think that's so powerful because one powerful for the moms that have already had babies and they can retell their story in in an effort to like educate and help other moms, but like it anchors that into them so that it really becomes part of their own experience instead of if it is uh, the culture there um, right now that it's medicalized, it's going to go sideways, you're going to have to be um, saved by the doctor type of thing that it almost that story can be ingrained in them. But if they tell it over and over, it can be remembered in that way but then obviously like having other women who are interested in maybe doing things a more natural way and not the way the birth class said they get validation that others have done it and hearing stories from others so that it's more possible for them that's more likely for them and they um well one i mean just how many v-backs um that you could prevent but there's or how many other cesareans I should say that you'd be preventing because the first one went well and the the birth went as designed. So I think that's, I think that's key um, as a community build to create um, within as, as part of your hub of a place for women to go that want to find out like what that natural birth process is like. Yeah. That, That kind of reminds me of this experience that I had in Colorado actually where uh, my sister-in-law was pregnant at the time and I was talking to a little girl that was in my office and I think this girl was like six or seven and I said, I'm going to be an uncle. And she said, well, is it, is it, are you having a, is it going to be a boy or a girl? And I said, well, well, I don't know. And she was very confused that I didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl. And then she asked me, well, what, when is it, is birthday going to be, when is it going to be born? And I told her, well, I don't know, whenever the baby's, you know, ready. And it just kind of like woke me up to this idea that, you know, there are little girls and kids today that see, um, you know, their baby on this three-dimensional, you know, uh, ultrasound they know exactly what sex it's going to be they know exactly when it's going to be born and that's just the norm of today's kind of medicalized birth and um you know birth only happens like so many times in in someone's life and it's this like magical kind of mystical um empowering experience and i think it should be you know continued to be left um in that in that realm and so that's really what we're hoping to bring back that that magicalness of birth here and and uh decrease the the fear in women's lives and just kind of set their their system at ease a little bit with the work that we do very good well i appreciate the work you're doing uh tell us or tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you if somebody's listening on your island where they can find you and then also just uh, other people that might be interested in what you're working on there yep um so we're on the big island of hawaii we're in a town called waimea and uh, the name of our practice is atlas pacific spine center um and um, our website, I guess, is www.atlas-specific.com. 
Um, and we, you know, if, if you have questions or anything, we'll, we'd be happy to point you in the right direction, even if you don't live on this island. Great. And I'll put that link for you listening. Uh, I'll put that link in the show notes. So um, you have it, you can just click over and get in touch. Um, so Dr. Tate, with our last minutes here, like what's the major take home that you'd like a listener to take from what we've been talking about? It might be something we've already talked about you want to reiterate or maybe something new we haven't um, gotten to yet. Yeah, I think the biggest take home um, that I want to just try and get out there is that ultimately when it comes to birth, um, you know, you and your family are responsible, you know, for your birth process is not up to the doctors. And I want people to feel empowered, uh, both males and females, you know, husbands and wives in their decisions um, around their family and their child's birth. And that way they just, you know, take total control of it and, you know, exhaust all of the uh, resources and avenues uh, to get, you know, the best answers so that they can make the best decisions possible. Very good. Well, Dr. Tate, thank you for doing what you do. I appreciate you uh, helping those out on the island. And, you know, we've come in contact um, through the ICPA and a lot of the courses that you're teaching online, like um, that's going to help a ton of people also, but mainly like congrats to you for being in such a beautiful spot and spearheading something that could be really impactful for everyone on that island. So thank you for being here, Dr. Tate. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. And, um, Next time you're out here, come uh, come come swing by. You betcha. I certainly will. Thank you. Hi, it's Dr. J again, and I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It's something I really enjoy doing, and I, as a parent, learn a ton from these experts coming on and sharing their wisdom. So I hope you're getting a lot out of it too. And I want to share something else with you. I've created a guide called the 40 Ways to Connect with Your Baby During Pregnancy. It's full of simple things you can do on a day-to-day basis that will help strengthen that bond that you have with your baby. It's a free download. You can go to my website at drjwarren.com slash 40 ways and just enter your email. I'll send it right to you. You can download it and start working on it right away. All of the research that I'm learning in the fields of epigenetics and attachment parenting is showing that the more bonded you are during your pregnancy with your baby, the better the birth is going to go and the better parenting is going to go because you have that strong foundation, a strong connection to build upon. So go again to my website. It's drjwarren.com slash 40 ways and get that free guide. And again, thanks for listening.